Nyata, hello. My name is Alison. I pastor a little church in southwest Victoria called Sanctuary. I acknowledge that the land on which we worship, work and play was taken by force from the people of the Eastern Ma Nation and I pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. Today is a more personal reflection. I'm reflecting on life in the midst of a pandemic and I'm remembering some key assurances from Romans chapter 8 which are given to us this year A, proper 12. So let's begin. I can't count the losses. Sure, nobody I know has died, but I've seen my beloved father in the flesh only once in six months. Most of my friends I haven't seen at all. My children's schooling has been interrupted, their activities put on hold, and hanging out with their friends feels fraught, even dangerous. My oldest daughter is finishing high school and nobody knows what the next year holds. Will there be work? Can she live in college? Will university lectures be face-to-face or just online? My husband can't attend his workplace in another city, and so he's frantically juggling work, staff and other people's expectations from a distance. Friends and family have lost their jobs, and the outlook is grim. Friends with young children or in caregiving roles are still reeling from the first shutdown. Some are drowning in the midst of the second shutdown, while others who see it coming are absolutely dreading it. People are dropping off the radar. They're falling down the rabbit hole of Netflix, Facebook and endless online pursuits and some are self-harming. Church is weird, without bodies or meals or singing, and my sense of community feels fragmented, precarious. Nothing is normal. Everything has changed, and everyone is exhausted and anxious and afraid. I look at the news and it's worse. What's looming in Warrnambool feels ominous. What's unfolding in Melbourne is scary, but what's happening overseas is terrifying. People losing one, two, five, ten family members to coronavirus. Their grief is just unimaginable. People stuck in prison with nowhere safe to go. Politicians using the pandemic to further politicise public health and stoke racism, stack elections and fuel civic strife. Science undermined and thousands dying, millions going hungry and continuing climate collapse. Rising desperation and violence and everywhere I look, suffering and death. Folks, this is what grief is made of. We here in southwest Victoria may not be dropping like flies. We may not be filling our hospitals. We may not be mourning our dead. We may not be facing the same level of crisis as people in other places. Even so, we too have lost much. And we, like everyone, are grieving. And grief builds up. And grief wakes up those sleeping losses we never fully grieve. I find myself talking daily to my mother, 
who's been dead these twenty years. And I'm longing for my grandparents and the worlds that passed away with them. I'm revisiting the many moves we made when I was a child and mourning again the friends I lost contact with, the houses I no longer live in, the cities I no longer walk through and the lack of continuity in my life. I weep over small things. I weep for loss and loneliness and fear. I weep for what the future holds. My friends, this is why I'm here. I'm here because I'm lonely and anxious and afraid. I'm here because I'm sad. I'm here because I need people to worship with and pray with. I need people to help me remember God's promises and experience God's love. I'm here because I cannot do it alone or go it alone or be resilient alone. I'm here because we need each other to keep walking towards Jesus and the peace and wholeness that he brings. I'm here to dwell in God's word because nothing else feeds me or comforts me or sustains me quite like the word of life. I'm here because I do not really know how to pray but I know the Spirit intercedes for us, pleading with God for us in groans that words cannot express. The Apostle Paul asks, Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or violence? And I look around at the hardship and distress and persecution and hunger and poverty and danger and violence in this world. And I realise if Paul is right, then coronavirus and shutdown cannot separate us from God's love. Corrupt world leaders and inept politicians cannot separate us from God's love. Police brutality and white privilege, they cannot separate us from God's love. And unemployment and an unpredictable future cannot separate us from God's love. Physical distance from friends and loved ones cannot separate us from God's love. Anxiety, fear, grief, they cannot separate us from God's love. Even sickness and death cannot separate us from God's love. Indeed, writes Paul, I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depths, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. My friends, in these troubling times, I need so much to hear these words with you. This is why I am here. Thanks be to God. And my prayer for you this week is this, that wherever you go and whatever you face, you will know God's love as a clear and present reality from which you can never be separated. In the name of Christ. Amen. If you value what you heard, there's always more to read on our website. That's sanctuarybaptist.wordpress.com.
Sanctuary is funded entirely by members and supporters. And if you'd like to support the work of this church, you can make a donation via PayPal. And you can find the details for this on the website. It's been great to have you with us, and we'll catch you another time.